In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Here's a riddle for you. What do Eddie Van Halen, Sam Pittman, and house cleaning have in common? That's probably a head-scratcher, but on today's show, we'll connect the dots for a path toward financial independence. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman is away from the mic today. John Shrewsbury and Candace Stanley, uh, along with Janet Walker, my uh, partner and cohort uh, here at GenWealth Financial Advisors, helping you to kind of uh, map out a way toward financial independence. And guys, I laid out uh, three things there. House cleaning, Sam Pittman, and Eddie Van Halen. We have to pay respect to Eddie Van Halen, the king of rock and roll guitar mm-hmm. players, passed away earlier this week. And uh, of course, that's a sad deal for you know folks like me me and Candace that grew up listening to uh, Van Halen, and Candace was particularly distraught yesterday when that news came out. Just Candace? Just well, Candace was well, distraught? I, I, was I imagine John was crying yeah. over in the corner somewhere. I, I was giving you an opening, Candace, to, to talk a little bit about it. Man, this is a tough show already this morning. It should be interesting. You know, we're, we're here to talk about... Uh, getting your financial house in order. And I think Janet has some some choice comments about this uh, as we get started, but uh, Lord knows I am one that does not like to clean. Truth. I, you know, I will work and work and work and stack stuff up on my desk and, Truth. and, and it'll, you know, it will get PhD piled higher and deeper. Truth. And, and then at some point in time, we'll have to stop and clean truth (laughs) so here's where the the dots start getting connected here so one of the things that i would do when i clean is turn on some music and van halen is not a bad thing to do because it's very upbeat music for the most part and you can get stuff done and get in the groove and and really begin to clean and and that's that's actually good and so the the connection with sam Pittman is you know last week when we beat mississippi state he was having his post game meeting with his team and you know he's telling them that they were exactly what he needed and then he finished up and goes and turn that jukebox on that wasn't exactly what he said but since we're on the radio i'll just say <laughs> it's close turn, enough turn that jukebox on <laughs> And so I turn the jukebox on and I get moving and, and, you know, have a little celebration. Now, it is a jukebox and not, you know, the phone or, or, you know, the stereo or something like that. Because as people who are close to me know, I can't do a whole lot of dancing. Truth. Is this all you're going to say on the show today? No. (laughs) So I juke, you know, it's it's one of those things that, but you just kind of get in a rhythm and and you get it going. And I think it's almost the same thing that you've got to do when it comes to getting your financial house in order, ladies. You have to get your mindset right. You have to get in the mood. You might even want to turn that jukebox on and motivate yourself to actually do some financial house cleaning. You know, I do think music plays in this scenario when you talk about cleaning the house or cleaning up your desk, whatever it is, it plays a big role in just your mindset. You know, there is a lot of, I don't want to do this. And then it Mm -hmm. gets you kind of in the place to do that. I don't know what you need to get you in the right mindset to deal with your finances because the jukebox may not be the answer for you on that. But it it is important to change that mindset from one of dread to, I can do this. This is going to be okay. We're going to work through this. And I'm going to accomplish a lot in going through this process and feel way better after it's over than you do, you know, in the time of dread before you start. That's what I was about to say. If you think about the end result, I'm one that I particularly love to not necessarily clean, you know, spraying and wiping things, but I love to declutter. Yes. And so when I think about that end result and going through and just decluttering things, that always brings me a sense of satisfaction and I'm able to relax. I'm able to see clearly. Right. And I think that applies to your finances too yeah i mean there's there's a whole lot of clutter in people's finances and a lot of different areas of the house if you will we're going to talk about cleaning your house today and and i guarantee you if you walk through my house there are some areas that need some attention they need some decluttering so it's kind of what we're going to walk through today john yeah and let's face it no one woke up this morning and had a wonderful pleasurable dream about 
spreadsheets and numbers and stuff like that. It, and you can think, okay, this is boring stuff. And financial planning get, gets that rap. It, it, it gets the rap of, okay, this is boring, and I, I'm going to be talking about stuff that I'm not familiar with, and it's going to be over my head and all of that type of thing, until you understand the why. Yeah. When you understand the why, mm-hmm. why you're doing this, and, and you know the aftermath of me going through cleaning my desk at work or cleaning the house or whatever the case may be, the aftermath is wonderful. I mean, I've got a clean desk and I feel good and I can get stuff piling up again and, and it'll get back to normal and everything will be fine. But, but the, the aftermath, the why is, is very positive. You know, one of the advantages when we talk about this parallel between house cleaning and, and financial planning, one of the fabulous things about life is when you treat yourself periodically or regularly, depending on who you are, to having somebody else doing the cleaning for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am very, yeah. very busy, and I know everybody is, but, but my life is, as John's is, you know, not only being financial advisors, but also being business owners. And so there's a lot of outside of the you know typical nine to five work day and my husband has some health challenges and so we decided years ago that was something that we were going to outsource so we were going to hire somebody to come in and do that and boy I love it when Tisha mm. comes and cleans our house it's fabulous it's the best it's twice a, twice a month it's the best day of the month you know and and it, it takes care of all those details and the same can be true of your finances that you just go here, clean this up, and then you get to enjoy the end result of it. Well, you know, a financial plan it helps you to relax. Right. It helps you to unwind. Janet, when we sit down with people and go through their financial plan, particularly if they're ready to retire, think about it this way. If you're working your way toward retirement, you have a big question mark in your mind about how is all this going to play out? Where is my income going to come from? What's the plan? How are we going to do this? You know, I I had a meeting yesterday with one of our advisors and and a client, and they had 50,000 questions, which is just fine and not a problem, but they, that just demonstrates the, the concern and the puzzlement that they have about how this is all going to work out. But when they see the plan, they go, oh, okay, they can relax a little bit. They can have a vision of what retirement is going to look like. So as we go through this today, we're going to walk through different areas of the house and think about, you know, what do those areas represent as far as your financial life? You know, whether it is, you know, while we're in the kitchen, we're talking about taking care of some of the necessities, like you're going to need to buy food in retirement. That's a rather Mm -hmm. important point. And we'll walk through the rest of the household and talk about what that represents as we go through this today. So walking through your financial house room by room, think about what's important to you as you prepare for for your retirement and what's in disarray. You know, as we go through this, some of those areas you're going to go, oh, I got that. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. That's fine. What about the next room in the house? Where are you on that one? Yeah, it's it's clear that, that there's a lot of analogies that can be drawn here, but there's a lot of good things that you can learn from the show today. And if you're listening to us and watching us on Facebook Live, check in with us on Facebook Live. We would love to hear from you. And uh, if you've got a question, just uh, send us a, a question on Facebook Live. Of course, if you're listening on radio, uh, we, we love to, to hear from you as well. You can give us a call here at Wealth Financial Advisors at 501-653-7355. If you'd like to get your financial house in order, if you're going, okay, I get it. I, I, it's very clear to me that I got to get this done because I'm kind of like John. I've got it piled higher and deeper. I've got my PhD degree when it comes to my finances, and I really need to sort all this out. I need to get some clarity. I need to have that ah moment when I see the path forward as far as financial independence is concerned. You don't have to necessarily dance for us or anything of that nature. We're not going to turn music on and make you, uh, you know, dance around the, the meeting room table. <laughs> no. But, but we will <laughs> help you to kind of get those finances in order and get a plan and a pathway forward for you to be in a position to reach financial independence. We're just getting started on the Get Ready for the Future show. The three of us are back in just a moment. Stay with us. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments more about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. 
This is Scott Inman. At GenWealth Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker on the fastest four minutes in investing and what a fast uh, quarter it was yeah. in the third quarter with the S&P 500 up 9%, Janet. Uh, all those folks that thought equities were dead uh, are are really kind of having to eat crow these days. Yeah, they are. And September wasn't, you know, incredibly strong by any means, but August was smoking for yes. us. And so we still had that, obviously, to deal with the benefits of that in the third quarter. So that's good. Um, John, you want to talk a little bit about the concerns that, you know, just the questions, the unanswered questions that people have with the election still in front of us and what that might bring. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And also to kind of review a little bit, the the third quarter was very productive for large cap growth, which has been the perennial area of investment that has done the best over the last uh, probably six or seven years or so. Uh, But one of the things that's changed is emerging markets. They are picking up in a big way and we're seeing emerging markets actually the second most productive sector in the economy uh, for the third quarter. So that is a positive sign. Now let's let's think about the fourth quarter and what's going on right now as we move forward, because we always want to look forward, never backward, because backward doesn't do you any good. We're going to be uh, looking forward. And of course, there is a ton of uncertainty out there on uh, as far as the election is concerned. Who's going to get elected? What is that going to mean? And not so much uh, president, but also the any congressional changes there may be, particularly in the Senate. So uh, how the complexion of Washington looks after November 4th is going to be very, very important. So two main areas that we're looking at in these questions, and that is with regard to interest rate changes and with regard to tax laws. And John, I I had a meeting earlier this week with a gentleman that uh, he asked about taxes in the future at least three times in that that meeting. It is very important to investors to, to to be able to plan for whatever the future might bring in terms of taxes. And, and I think you've got a very clear indication, and we're not getting political here. Obviously, this is on all of the candidates' websites, uh, what their positions are. Uh, Donald Trump is not going to raise capital gain taxes. on uh, That's a pledge from him. Joe Biden has said that he would try to raise capital gain taxes. And so if you're sitting with appreciated equities, I think you have to ask the question is, when is the most opportune yeah. time for me to sell this? And, and I think that's got to be an individual answer. There is no pat answer for everyone because your circumstances are all different. But what I would say about this is that if you are worried about what the tax implications are uh, of the presidential election, the congressional election, you probably should sit down with an advisor and we would be glad to do that here at GenWealth. We're having those conversations all the time. Absolutely. And again, it goes back to that long range planning of looking at what's your overall situation and what does it make sense? with regard to capital gains, what does it make sense to maybe deal with now instead of just continuing to kick that can down the road? And that's where we would you know, recommend that you absolutely confer with your CPA as well and have this overall holistic view of the decisions that you're making. Absolutely. And when you think about uh, the change in, in congressional and tax law and things of that nature, that can have an effect on equities. Equities could rally mm-hmm. if there is no change that they could, they could potentially uh, sell off because people are, are wanting to get those capital gains in under the wire, so to speak, ahead of a potential capital gain change if the Democrats take office. So you've got that going on. And then you've got also the rise in potential interest rates with the economy still kind of in, in a little bit of the doldrums from coronavirus, mm-hmm. but also a lot of money flowing into the economy from the stimulus that Congress has given. Does that equate to inflation and does that equate to higher interest rates? All right. That is the fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. 
smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. Okay, I'm all ready and, and uh, you know, I played a little music th- during the break and uh, I'm all jazzed up and ready to start cleaning. Let's get this house tour underway, Janet, and talk a little bit about the things that we need to do to get our financial house in order. And one of them is very, very basic, not only to financial planning, but also to living. And that yeah. is the essentials that you've got to take care of. So one of the most important essentials, obviously, is food. You know, we talk about things like food, shelter, clothing, and transportation as the as the four basics that you absolutely have to have. Food comes first on that list, (laughs) and I think we would all agree with that. One of the things that we see. Uh, really in many places around the world and in developed countries, but especially here in the United States, is a tremendous amount of waste when it comes to food. I'm guilty of that. I think most households in the country are guilty of that. I grew up in a, in a farmer's household where, you know, if you put it on your plate, you eat it because it's not going to get thrown away. We're not going to waste that. And, and I grew up that way. But, it, you know, things change over time. We don't waste a whole lot of food at our house, I think, comparatively speaking. But it does happen, even just buying stuff that winds up expiring. So you think about, you know, the intentionality of if you plan your meals in advance and how much that helps you in budgeting for that particular area of, of your finances, Candace. Yeah, I'm terrible about planning my meals in advance. When I say that... I'm good about making my grocery list and just buying what's on that list and planning the meals. But as far as like meal prepping and right. you know, having that throughout the week, you know, a lot of uh, others are, are better at that part than I am. But I like to utilize uh, like Kroger Click List. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that I don't go to the grocery store and, and see other things that I can just add into my cart. I just I order it all online and then I pick it up. And if I want to make changes, there comes a deadline where it's too late and that you get what you get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like this has got to be John confessional day already. I've, <laughs> I've had to talk about my messy desk, my inability to dance and all of that. So here comes number three. John doesn't like leftovers. And, no. and mm. so mm-hmm. I, that's, a, that's a real problem for this type of thing and, and getting my financial house in order. Because if I liked leftovers, we could probably eat forever on, on stuff that we have at our house. But Janet, you bring up a really good point. And this doesn't really uh, just come with the, the aspect of food. But any time that you're trying to, to control your essential expenses, yes. you've got to be efficient in what you're doing. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to eat on the green beans for four meals in a row or anything like that. It does mean that you have to be, you know, efficient at what you're doing and not waste money. And I think that's the real key here when we're talking about essentials and as they affect your financial independence, you've got to number one, be sure that you're not spending more money than you should on that. But also when you think about retirement, you've got to be sure that your essentials are covered with very predictable income. I think that's really the key point on talking about the food element here is being sure that it's covered, John. Like you said, that people don't think about how much they spend mm-hmm. on food. And and frankly, we've seen retirees who are shocked about, you know, what that number winds up really being. But you and we're not telling you to live, you know, bare bones. And, you know, it, this is not eat uh, rice and beans today and tomorrow eat beans and rice instead. You know, it, you, that's not what what we're expecting you to do, but to be wise with what you're doing. Be wise when you're shopping at the grocery store and paying attention to those things. And then I think most importantly is getting to a reasonable number. You know, if you want to spend more on groceries because you eat, you know, more natural foods or whatever, okay, great. Put it in your plan. That's the point, to be intentional about it. And then to not go in, you know, great excess above and beyond that. Certainly, you know, every once in a while it's okay to do that, but not on a regular basis because it's part of your overall cash flow plan for retirement. Yeah, and we're relating a lot of this to groceries and and cooking at home, but a a lot of us are eating out as well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our money that we really could be saving goes to restaurants and things like that. So we don't want you to, you know, not enjoy life and, and treat yourself and go out to eat, but maybe just cut it back and just yeah. see exactly what you're spending eating out. 
I think that a lot of people had a kind of forced experiment on that in 2020, you know, when when coronavirus first started up, especially because we weren't going out to eat, period. And we had countless people share with us how much extra money they had in their bank accounts at the end of the month because they were like... I just didn't realize, didn't realize how much we were going out to eat because they did it for convenience and they were not intentionally looking at their cash flow and how much they were spending on it. This is one thing I've started doing with, with our son. Um, in a year, he'll be away from from us and, and uh, he's going to do a gap year, but he'll be living away from home in a year and then doing college after that. And I want him to begin to understand about eating out and the impact that that has. And so it's actually our money that he's using on this because I'll just transfer it into his account. But when we go to a restaurant, I have him pull out his debit card and he pays the bill and he does the tip and all of that. Again, it's our cash flow, but he sees how much that costs Mm -hmm. and he's beginning to not asked to eat out quite as right. much. And you but, probably gave him a set amount. Yeah. And so he's got to manage that. He, he understands, okay, this is what we're doing. And and he sees those numbers add up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the things I was going to add there is that we recently took a two-week trip, not a vacation, but it was a medical-related trip, and stayed in Phoenix, Arizona for mm-hmm. two weeks. And it's eat out all the time. Man, yeah. It's Grubhub or, or, you know, DoorDash or whatever. And, you know, the numbers really begin to add up. Uh, and when you get back and start looking at how much you spend on on food, it's a lot of money, definitely so. So that takes care of room number one, the kitchen area. Now let's go into the family room and let's talk about the family for just a second. Obviously, family is the most important thing to all of us. Uh, none of the numbers really make a whole lot of difference if family is not the top consideration. But have you protected your family uh, in the right way? When you think about getting your financial house in order, there are things that people have just put off like life insurance, disability insurance, critical care insurance, things of that nature. Have you had those things looked at lately? And Janet, I know that is an area that is just very uncomfortable for a lot of people to begin to talk about. It is. Uh, Let's talk about life insurance specifically for just a moment. First of all, we would say that it's misnamed. Um, It it indicates that it insures your life. Car insurance insures your car. But life insurance is really income protection. So if you don't come home, then your, your surviving family, whether it's a spouse or spouse and children, they have the ability to maintain their current standard of living based on taking that life insurance and turning it into an income stream to replace the paycheck that you have had. And guys, I, I want to talk about something I've noticed recently um, that I believe is becoming more and more common. I believe that most widows, when they receive life insurance, most widows seek advice. Now, it might be from a friend. It might ultimately be from an advisor, which is obviously what we would advise is to go to somebody who knows what they're doing on the financial aspect of that, not just somebody who can make you feel better in a, in a warm, fuzzy conversation, but seek financial advice. But what I'm seeing is that many widowers do not. They don't seek that advice. And so what we're running into is they get life insurance. The, the bride has passed away. They get life insurance. There has been income, you know, whether there whether there's a Social Security check that has now disappeared or whether there's, you know, working income that has now disappeared. There's money that is gone from the cash flow of that household. They don't seek advice. And so what, what happens on that life insurance? Well, it just gets spent down until it's gone completely. And then what do they do? They're looking for a place to live that's cheaper than where they are. They're not able to maintain their standard of living. So, guys, I would encourage you to understand life insurance is not just for you to have on you to protect your bride. It's also to have on your bride, you know, for you to protect her income, whatever level of income it is. And then it is wise for you to seek counsel when something happens so you can have somebody walk alongside you on that path. Yeah, especially for young families that have children at home, uh, we think about, you know, 
a lot of times the male may be the breadwinner in the house. And so, yeah, we've got to replace his income. But when you have a mother that may pass away and there are young children, there are a lot of roles that she takes and took on that still may need to be outsourced for help. And so that life insurance can be spent on those things. And then how do we turn that into a stream that will last you longer? Yeah, my my joking line on that is if she's she's gone tomorrow, you're going to need to hire Mary Poppins because Mm -hmm. all of those things still need to be done. And if you've got to go to work and you've got to be dad, then somebody else has got to do those things. Right. Well, guys, let's also admit that there is a bit of either a uh, air of denial or a bit of a cavalier attitude about life insurance in particular. Yeah. Uh, of oh, that's not going to happen to me. I'm still going to be here. Everything will be fine. My family is uh, dependent upon my income, and nothing's going to stop me until it does. And then it's too late. And and so you, I think that there are a lot of people that need to kind of just swallow hard and go, okay, I need to deal with this part of cleaning up my financial house right. because life insurance is not for you. It is for the survival of your family and the continued lifestyle of your family. If you've got a kid, you've got debt, you've got a mortgage or whatever the case may be, you probably need way more life insurance than you think you do. A lot of people will will nest up on, well, I got $250,000. That'll be enough. That'll pay off the mortgage or whatever the case may be. But you have to also think about how the family is going Mm -hmm. to continue in that lifestyle. And I think that's one of the big things that people are really kind of a little bit timid to to talk about, Janet. You know, I I think it's important to come together as a couple and meet with an advisor. And the conversation that we have is, is just this. If he doesn't come home tomorrow looking at the wife, what do you need in terms yes. of income replacement? And then you look at the husband, and if she doesn't come home tomorrow, what do you need, either in terms of income replacement or potentially the, the Mary Poppins line we were talking about? And in my case, that that role is reversed. My husband is the is the homemaker, and, and if I did not have him, I would have to hire somebody to do all of the things mm-hmm. that he does to that allow me to still work and support the family otherwise. Well, here's the cool thing about this. A lot of people think that life insurance is a is a major expense. It's not. You can buy a whole lot of life insurance pretty cheap these days especially term life insurance, which is what most people are going to need, especially young families as they are raising kids and uh, taking care of mortgage and that type of thing. Life insurance is a fairly inexpensive thing, but think about what it costs if you don't have it in terms of the lost income, the lost lifestyle, the scratching and, and, you know, uh, and, and trying to make provisions for uh, taking care of the family. You don't want to leave your family in a situation like that. Reach out to your advisor and, and talk today about the life insurance situation. All right, we're we're cleaning and it's not too uh, not too stressful right now. We're going to continue walking through the house as we continue on the Get Ready for the Future show of getting your house in order. Back in a moment. Are you following us on social media? Search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA so you don't miss out on behind the scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. We are continuing our episode of the Get Ready for the Future show on getting your financial house in order. We're kind of kind of almost a theater of the mind type thing here, walking through a house. We've been through the kitchen and talked about the essentials of life that you've got to be sure that you're taking care of and not spending too much money on. We've been in the family room and we've talked about life insurance and protecting your family. Now, here's the question. Is there, and I've not ever been to Candace's house. I don't know about Candace's house. And, and I, I figure this is probably in really good shape just knowing her husband, Richard. But uh, Candace, is, is the garage of your house the least tended to room in the house? Well, how did you know, John? Well, I work with you. <laughs> 
so you know i i think about my garage and there is there's mess in there that you know it needed to be thrown out like six months ago or whatever or six <laughs> years ago i haven't been in that house it's, six years it's, but it's like you're a little bit psychic because i think i just said to richard yesterday hey uh we need to like get in this garage and declutter this a little bit things are starting to build up i, I don't know about you guys but for me the difference on the garage was marriage like before i was married like i had a pegboard you know when you're the only person who uses the toolbox everything goes back where it belongs because you're the only person who's using it you know and then when i got married and it's not that i mean he's actually very organized but it's just the dual use but not at the same time you know that that just totally messed us up on the garage by by far here you mentioned the toolbox janet here's the corollary uh you know when things break you need tools to fix them yeah and when something breaks in your finances, you need the tool to fix it. And one of the most neglected areas of personal finance is an emergency fund. If you go and, and look at the statistics, most people in this country could not survive with cash a $400 plus emergency. Yeah, They don't have liquid cash set aside to cushion themselves. And that is a huge area that you need to clean up in your personal finances. And guys, there's there's true emergencies like, you know, if you had a, a, a car accident and let's say your vehicle gets totaled, but you're going to have more out of pocket because of just how the insurance all works out on that. Those types of things, medical emergencies, there are situations like that that are true emergencies. And then there are things like, oh, I don't know about you, Candace, but the month of August it's a big deal at our house. It costs more in the month of August is more expensive than Christmas and December and all of that for us every year, every single year I go, I cannot believe how expensive August is. And so you think about if people don't have, you know, $400 for an emergency Mm -hmm. fund, how do you even make it through August? And especially these days where kids are frankly required to have more electronics for school. You know, you're not just talking about, you know, Johnny's outgrown his jeans that he could wear last year to school. And and now we've got to buy new jeans. There's all kinds of other stuff that you're, you know, the calculators. I was about to say the TI-84. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you, Texas Instruments, for that (laughs) bill. Thanks. Uh, that's, (laughs) that's, That's how you build a great business is you build some device and then make it required at school <laughs> for the act yeah. you have to have it absolutely <laughs> yeah we'll get to we'll get to college in just yeah. a second but, yeah. but let's talk about how you actually go about if you have a deficit in this in this area if you have a mess if you will in this area how do you clean this up how do you get a good emergency fund janet we have said for years and years and years that three to six months of household expenses needs to be set aside in a completely separate account that is only tapped for emergencies. Now, yeah. that, now a lot of people will go, that's a lot of money to be sitting over there. Yes, it is. But think about it as an insurance policy right. and not a lost investment opportunity. And, and 2020 is a great example for this, guys. How many people were without jobs? And I know unemployment kicked in, but there were some messes financially for a lot of people. And so that's the reason that you have an emergency fund like this. And, and I tell people all the time who have a fully funded emergency fund, keep adding to it and that's what i do personally and for us this this is all in one account the emergency fund and then the other expenses like our taxes for our property and it's october this is a good time to be talking about that but we put money in you know we don't have an escrow account with the with a mortgage we just put that money aside and things like insurance that you might pay quarterly those types of things we're and we're stacking that up and basically paying our bill every month by putting it into savings and then we when those bills are due, then we transfer it from savings to checking so that those big once a year or once a quarter bills are not too big of a surprise. You know they're going to come. So put that money in and have your emergency fund in place as well. Yeah. So the emergency fund shouldn't be also be the vacation fund. Right. Yeah. So that needs yeah. to be a separate thing for saving up for a vacation every so, year. Put that in a different account. Emergencies over here, vacation over here. Going to the beach is not an emergency? I mean, some might classify it that way, but it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Oh, okay. it absolutely is an emergency, <laughs> especially when you've been through a year like we've had. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Janet, uh, the 
again, John confessional thing. I'm glad you said something about uh, the property tax issue because I'd forgotten and it's due in a couple of days. And yeah, I gotta go take yeah, care of that. So coming up. Uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Walking on through the house, uh, coming out of the garage and into uh, the kids room. And, and Janet, I'm going to basically just shut up and let you talk <laughs> about this. Candace will sit at your feet and learn because she has kids that are younger than yours. But oh, my Lord, Stewart's uh, trek into college is going to be the most planned for prepared <laughs> opera. I've heard you talking about college, I don't know, for like six years, it seems like. Let's not forget, Candace has one in college, too. That's right. That's she right. does. I'm sorry. That's she, true. He That's was true. thinking about your littles. He was. I was, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was thinking about your littles. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about how the right way to prepare for college coming up very soon for a lot of folks. Oh, yeah. uh, they've got to get ready and they're staring it in the face and going, I don't know what I got to do. What do they got to do? I would say start planning now. And some of this is financial planning and some of it is strategic planning. And those are those are two separate pieces for college for sure. Um, we can help on the financial side. You know, we, uh, we have people who have 529s for their children set up for them to be able to go to college. And we have people who are, you know, grandparents who are contributing on behalf of their grandchildren that happens pretty frequently. So we can cover that on the financial side. On the planning side, just to kind of know my story, and this is what John was referencing, our son is a senior in high school, and he uh, he wants to be an engineer. And just full transparency, I know nothing about what is required to become an engineer other than he needs a piece of paper that says he went to school for four years. So we got, you know, we got a lot of learning that mama has to do along this path. We we got into a, a group. There's an organization called Class 101, and they help you prepare for college. And for him, he's naturally a good tester, which is a blessing. Um, he did well on his ACT, but he needed to get that ACT up a little bit more to be able to do what he needs and wants to do and to do it without a price tag and so they were very instrumental in helping us do that they've helped us actually apply at different places and be sure that we know about all the other little bitty scholarships that are available all of those types of things it has made a tremendous difference we don't have the final results in but he's gotten um, he's gotten a 34 on his ACT so we're solid there and he's gotten accepted at all four of the universities that he's interested in and and I really have to attribute that to Class 101. They have done a tremendous job in coaching us through that process. Now we just sit back and kind of wait for what does it look like financially at those four places and then make a decision from there, probably. But uh, just coaching, that's the biggest deal that we went, just like we advise people to do on their finances, we went to somebody who knew more about college than what we did, and we got coaching along those lines. Now, Candace, if uh, your kids aren't geniuses like your oldest daughter and, and Janet's oldest son, uh, then you've got to be diligent about saving. And uh, of course, there are a lot of vehicles out there that you can save. One of the most popular is a 529 plan. Yep, we definitely work with uh, many young families that will start a 529 uh, for their little ones. And they start while they're young and contribute it to their 18 and their college age. And so that's a fantastic way to get started on that. But I'd also like to, you know, talk a little bit about um, my husband is in the National Guard, so it's a little yeah. plug for the National Guard. Um, so maybe you don't have a 529 and you did not get a scholarship. The Arkansas National Guard will pay 100% of college tuition to any school um, in the state. And mm-hmm. so that's a good way. But maybe you have started school and you have gotten a student loan well what do you do now they'll also pay up to fifty thousand dollars towards student loans that's too so excellent. that's that's another way i always yeah. tell my kids you know you better get the grades but if you don't <laughs> we're probably going to go in the national guard then yeah there that's that's a great deal and guys i want to cover one other aspect here that i don't think we talk about enough in this country and that is trade school um, it is perfectly fine for you to be wired to do something different, something that doesn't have a college degree. Let me tell you, when I need an electrician or an HVAC or a plumber guy, you know, all of those areas, I am very thankful for them when they show up at my house. They are heroes because I can't do any of that stuff. And I think that for many years, we have downplayed the importance of those types of jobs. And we have said, you need to go to college or you're a loser. And that is an absolute lie from the pits of hell. I'm about to go preacher on us here. Oh boy! You were put on the planet to do what you were put on the planet to do. And if it requires a piece of paper, go get the piece of paper. But if it doesn't, 
don't do it because you're going to get yourself or your parents or both in debt up to your eyeballs and not be happy at the end of it. Do what you were called to do. Janet, let's take a moment to talk about how you don't address the need for paying for college, and that is deferring your uh, savings for retirement or borrowing right. from your 401k mm-hmm. plan to fund an education. We see people do that because they have this undying obligation to their children, and Americans are, are famous for that, mm-hmm. and I think that is a good thing to be, is to be very dedicated to your kids. But look, You got one shot at retirement. There's all kinds of ways, as we've talked about here, there's all kinds of ways for paying for college. There's one way to pay for retirement, and that's through the savings and the buildup of of resources and things like 401k plans. And if you defer that, then you're in trouble. Well, and frankly, your well-educated child is going to have you living with them because if you pay for their college, you know, and you don't fund your retirement. When you get to retirement, there are no scholarships, grants, or loans to help you through that process. So you will have to depend on somebody else if you cannot fund your retirement. Well, who's that somebody else going to be? Probably the kid that you paid to put through college. So if you were to ask them today, Junior, I got a question for you. I can't do both. Do you want me to pay for your college and move in with you later? Or do you want me to fund my retirement and we can live separately when you're grown? I already know what they're going to tell you because I've had that conversation with children of my clients. And it is a very clear answer that they want to live separately later on. And let's just say very quickly that borrowing from your 401k plan is not the panacea that the HR department says it is. You don't want to do that for a number of reasons, which we don't have time to get into today, but we will talk about that on a later show. All right, we're going to continue with our discussion of getting your financial house in order in just a moment. Stay with us. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. All right, ladies, I've got to ask a question here. Okay. Is there anything more disgusting, more upsetting, a bigger turnoff than a dirty bathroom when you walk Ugh, into it? No. 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 And it's just not good, right? Even as a guy, I don't like dirty bathrooms. It just is. I feel like that there's not enough soap and water in there to wash off the funk that may be on the (laughs) on the fixtures. And so my daughter and I were out and about the other day and it was one of those times where I just looked at her and went. I don't need to go that badly. We're going to (laughs) wait. I didn't need to know that. Okay, here's the financial analysis, uh, analogy rather. Think about what gets dirty in your finances. Probably your credit, if you're not careful. And it can sneak up on you. You can just forget to pay something. And before you know it, it's gone 30 days and ding, it's on your credit report and you've got a problem. I think one of the things that people oftentimes uh, neglect or, or think, ah, it'll be okay, uh, is their their credit history. You've got to keep your credit clean. I think in this day and time of, of uh, you know, financial fraud and, and things of that nature, identity theft, you've got to be sure that you check your credit score regularly. And, you know, I have a service that I have and I was buying something the other day and full disclosure, it was at zero interest, but it was going to be paid out over time. And I'm like, I'm going to use their money as opposed to mine and it's zero interest. So it's okay. But they still have to run a credit check to, to actually do one of those transactions before I left the counter. Uh, doing that transaction, my phone was going off. I was getting an alert saying, hey, somebody is opening an account in your name. Is it okay? And, and I think that technology can give you a leg up on this because most of the time, I remember when I was younger, it was like moving heaven and earth to get your credit score oh, yeah. or to check your credit or whatever. Yeah. Now it's incredibly easy. 
Yeah, you can you can check it on a regular basis without an, an issue. And, you know, you're talking about uh, keeping it clean from other people maybe doing something, you know, uh, that they shouldn't be doing. But I would also give you a few pointers on how to keep it clean with your own behavior. And, and that's things like automating as many of the payments as you possibly can, you know, because, we, you know, frankly, when I when I came into adulthood, we were still living in a checkbook world and you got a bill in the mail and you wrote out a check and you mailed it back. My mom still does that on everything. You have that option. But if you know that the money is in the bank and you're concerned that you might pay something late, I mean, think about it. If you're in the hospital, who's going to pay your bills on time? What's going to happen there? Well, they might be late. And then not only do you have hospital bills stacking up, but now, oh, by the way, you've got bad credit because these bills are late. And so just automate them. You know you're going to pay the utility bill every month. Automate it. Yeah, makes sense. Candace. Yeah, and especially for those that you know are going to be the same every month. Yeah. If you know they're going to be the same every month, definitely automate those. If you've got some that are flexible and you want to be on top of those, at least that's less to keep up with. Well, and even on things like if you have credit card debt, and we encourage you to not have that, but if you're still at a point in life where you do, if you would at least just automate the minimum payment, and that way you're not sure. ever going to forget to make that, and then you go in and make additional payments. We don't want you to just pay the minimum, but that that helps you to not let something fall through the cracks just because you got busy and forgot to go online and do it. Yeah, and a lot of people think, you know, well, I don't care about my credit because I'm going to pay everything in cash and, you know, I'm not worried about that because I'm not using a credit card. But what a lot of people don't know is that even your insurance rates depend yep. on what your credit history looks like. A lot there of people don't know that. And just from a past life being in yeah. insurance, I know that. And so it actually is very important that you still keep up with that. Well, and also, I ran into this on my trip to Arizona. Uh, we did not have a return flight because it was a medical trip, and we weren't real sure exactly when we were going to be coming back. So, yes, you can rent a car with a debit card, but if you do not have a return flight, they want a credit card mm-hmm. because they want to be sure that you bring the car back, and they've got a way of actually, you know, charging you, you know, whatever they're going to charge you if you don't bring the car back. And so, you there are some issues where you do have to have a credit card and and all of that and and we're absolute advocates of paying off debt we we believe in paying off debt and i don't like credit cards but it is almost a necessity to have one in some shape Mm -hmm. or form or fashion these days because of things like that and so uh, but but the bigger point here is that get a plan to pay off your debt if you if you have debt and once you get debt paid off then your credit score actually improves because you they see you paying that debt off and and, and you actually are on a path to having a better credit history. Yeah, and it even helps that when you do get approved for some sort of credit, don't use all of it. Just use a little bit of it. That actually helps towards your credit score. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Guys, let's go ahead and talk about that last room in the house that we have to cover today, and that is the master bedroom. So this is where you and your spouse get to dream about your future. What are the things that you want to do? Do you have a master financial plan to help you get to that point? That's a huge thing, Janet. When you think about a master financial plan, one that is all-encompassing, and I know that that can seem daunting to a lot of people out there, and you go, man, there's just so much here, and I just don't know if I can get my arms around it. That's okay, because if you work with a financial advisor, they will help you to put that plan together. Now, obviously, your your timing, if you're about to retire, you got to get some things really focused done on the whole retirement income planning thing, which is right in our wheelhouse here at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is what we do all day, every day for folks, which is retirement income planning. But if you're maybe younger and you say, look, I just need to get things in order and what have you, just like cleaning your house, you're probably not going to start on Saturday morning and go through the entire house and clean every room in one day. You're probably not going to put together a comprehensive financial plan in one sitting with a financial advisor. You're going to take some time and you're probably going to, frankly, do it sort of uh, modularly, if you Mm -hmm. will. Uh, Let's take one area. Let's work on that. Let's get that taken care of. Step to the next area, work on that and get that taken care of. You know, I I think if you think about it in short term and long term goals, you know, there are some things that we can we can go ahead and take care of now on a short term basis. And then there are things that we're going to we're going to kind of take a peek at long term. Like if you come in and you're 
in your 30s and you go, I want to know if I'm on track for retirement. We can answer that in broad terms, but it's not time yet to get into the deep, deep, deep details of that. We probably have other areas, like John was saying, more of a modular approach. There are probably other areas that need to be shored up first and then we can get more and more into those details as the years progress. Yeah, a lot of time when I'm working with somebody younger, they'll part of their plan won't be an accumulation plan. Mm-hmm. But then to give you know the long term view, we'll also have what it would look like when we distribute their savings as right. income. And I just kind of tell them, you know, this is going to be a wide view right now from far away. And as we get closer and closer, we're going to keep getting that focus more clear. I think that's exactly right. And so the old adage of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You, yeah. you you attack having your financial house in order one step at a time. Frankly, when you're young and you want to save for retirement, great. Be saving a, a significant amount of money in your in your plan toward your retirement. Be sure to definitely get the company match if you're matching a 401k plan. You probably want to save 15% of your income if at all possible. But to know precisely the dollar amount you need to save today is really kind of almost like uh, trying to take a, a, a 22 and, and hit a, a jet airplane flying in the sky. It's almost impossible to try to time that out and everything. You just need to be uh, rapidly and aggressively moving in that direction. Whereas if you're talking about college and you've got kids that are in their their uh, later single digit years or something like that, then you need to be more laser beam focused on trying to to work through the details at least of that college education thing and and do the broad strokes on retirement. And then, as Candace said, narrow that down as time goes on. I think another point on this, going back to like what we talked about on uh, payments, the same thing is true for your savings, and that is to automate those. John, you talked about the uh, contributions to your retirement plan at work, and obviously those are going to be automated because you tell them what to pull out of your paycheck. But anything above and beyond that that you do as well, you want to automate that, whether it's a contribution to a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, whatever might be appropriate for you, automate it because if you will save automatically, you're going to wake up one day and go, wow, how did we get here? If you don't, you're going to be like, wow, how did we get here? And it's not a good conversation then. So ladies, you heard the bell. It is time to to kind of put a bow on it, open the front door on our now cleaned up house and ready to go and invite some guests in. Let's talk about some final thoughts about how we actually get down the road with this financially. I would say, like I talked about, we have somebody who comes and cleans for us because, frankly, I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it, but I do enjoy the benefits of it. And if you're that person when it comes to your finances, we're here for you. Hire somebody to come alongside you and handle those details for you. Candace, I think that a lot of what we talked about today are processes. You know, it's a process to go through each room in your house and declutter it and clean it. And it's just like the ready to retire process, putting together a financial plan. It's no different. Mm -hmm. Guys, I'm going to go back to, to the opening of the show. Put on the Van Halen music. Turn that jukebox up and and get in the mood. I, I think that the mindset that you have, whether you're about to retire and you need to get your financial house in order uh, through the ready to retire process here at GenWealth, or if you're younger and you just need to get everything cleaned up and moving all together in a general direction, I think mindset is the biggest challenge that you have. Yes, it's just like cleaning your house. You may dread it. It may be something that you don't really want to do, but act your way into a feeling. Just get busy doing it, and it will feel better the more you do it. And the more you do it, the more toward financial independence you can walk. And I think that is the real key to actually cleaning up your financial house, or it's obviously the key to cleaning up your personal house as well. All right, that's going to do it for the Get Ready for the Future show for this week. For the entire team at GenWealth, I'm John Shrewsbury. Have a great weekend. The GenWealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. 
The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.